So, um, yeah, anybody still excited about this final stretch? Good morning to you. Wow. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday, even when the weekdays don't feel so bright. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Ravens 16, Steelers 14. Never a shock when these teams are within three points of each other because that only happens every single time they meet, no matter the circumstance, no matter the venue. But a shock to the system of this team, no question. I got to tell you, before we even get into any particulars today, that whatever it is that you might have thought about this final stretch, however much hope you might or might not have had, they had it, and they blew it, and afterward, they knew it. That locker room was as down as any as I've seen post-pandemic, and That's saying something considering they've gotten their hats handed to them more than once since then. And you would think that two and six would have been the bottoming out. No, this was it. They had hyped themselves up, these players, these coaches, at a level of believing that they were in contention, that if they could get over this hump, meaning the Ravens, that they would not only continue the progress that they've been making, but they'd also have beaten an arch rival. They'd also have, you know, done it at home after a couple of good road wins or just plain old road wins, I guess is a better way to describe winning in Indianapolis and Atlanta. And that they would have been right there, you know? I mean, six and seven, it sounds stupid, but it puts you in the mix. You're one of those teams that hangs out at the bottom when they show those graphics on TV, you know? You're right there, kind of. Not really, but not invisible, not pushed off the page yet. That's not going to happen. None of this is going to happen. In fact, your best-case scenario now for the remainder of this season is, I don't want to do the told-you-so thing, but it's the development. It's the continuing development It's ideally getting back on the horse toward getting better. But even that comes into question with a couple of events that occurred yesterday. The chief one, of course, being Kenny Pickett getting hurt. Because if he isn't taking strides to move forward, then none of this is. It's all really just four games that are a big, big waste of time. And you'd hope that wouldn't be the case. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. I can't say enough bad things about this game. Now, I could come on here, you know, ripping this person and screaming about that person and naming all kinds of names and everything else. And maybe there's a part of you that 
when you hit play today, you were either expecting or hoping to hear that sort of thing. Um, I do have a written column on DK Pittsburgh Sports calling yet again for the firing of Matt Canada for anybody who expected that to be this particular podcast. That somehow always finds its way to the surface, that particular concept. But at the moment, I'm mostly floored by just how everything went wrong. Beyond the injury to Kenny, Mitch Trubisky comes in, throws three picks. You don't have any kind of answer with him. You never did. You never did. The running game, which you thought, hey, here they go with the running game. At least they can set up this foundation for the future. Gets absolutely nothing. Najee Harris went absolutely nowhere. Averaged 2.8 yards a carry. It was shades of 2021 all over again. The wide receivers, well, I mean, if you had a non-lobotomized coordinator, and again, see the written column for more on this, you would have George Pickens getting more than three targets. When on the three targets that he had... He made three catches for 78 yards. That's, you know, like I, I promise I'm not turning it into a Matt Canada show. I swear. The left side of the offensive line struggled after maybe, maybe, maybe it looked like they were starting to sort things out over there. Defense couldn't stop the run, couldn't stop J.K. Dobbins at all, at all. All 15 carries, 120 yards, even though there might as well have been a sign put up by John Harbaugh, top Mount Washington, that announced to everybody that the Ravens were going to do nothing other than run the ball. Why? Because they had Ty Huntley, a quarterback. Then Huntley got hurt, and they had to go with number three. Of course they were going to run. Steelers still couldn't stop it, couldn't come close to stopping it. Even when they were set properly, schematically, they just couldn't couldn't make plays, couldn't make them up front, certainly couldn't make them at the inside linebacker position because a lot of those were going to run at Devin Bush. And that's how you end up with Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds leading your defense in tackles again, shades of 2021. A lot of this wasn't just a regression to what we'd seen in the first half of this season. It was a regression all the way back to last season. Presley Harvin, shanking a 17-yard punt at midfield. A blocked field goal in a game that you'd lose by two when everyone aligning on your special teams knows there's one guy you got to worry about, Calais Campbell. This is his thing. He blocks field goals. And he blocked a field goal. The Steelers aren't anywhere near as good as some might have thought after Indianapolis, after Atlanta. They're also not anywhere near as bad as they showed yesterday. Some things did go wrong for them that were unfortunate. Kenny getting hurt. TJ's barely 40% out there is my estimation. So you're taking your quarterback out of the picture. You're taking your defensive player of the year in the National Football League out of the equation, and you've got a couple other messes that are, to an extent, out of the player's control, specifically the offensive coordinator, though I'm not really willing to leave Terrell Austin out of the coordinator discussion anymore either. Bad, bad day. 
Want to know how bad? Listen to me asking Miles Jack, maybe the most upbeat spirit on the planet. What needs to happen for the run defense to shape up? I got to go back and look at the fits, just how we're, you know what I mean? Because it always just kind of seems like it's a little, it's a hole that's right there. Just somebody squirts out. So um, we just kind of got to see um, how we're fitting up the run. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's, it's tough for me to answer right now. I'm still in it. So it's trying to figure it out. Man, when you hear Miles Jack sound like that, that's that's like end of the world stuff. When we come back, J1Q. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly and George, LGKG they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers capital S, capital L for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing, the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Mike who asks, hey DK, just trying to gauge where we are with Kenny Pickett and what he may or may not mean to the franchise. In your opinion, if he stays in the game against the Ravens, all other things being equal, do the Steelers win? Is he developing into the kind of difference maker a franchise needs or not at this stage? You know, I was riding the subway out of the stadium back to downtown, and there was a group of people sitting near me having exactly this discussion. And by the time I got to my stop, group had come to a consensus that, yes, absolutely, they would have won the game, in large part because Kenny wouldn't have thrown three interceptions. He's passed that phase of his rookie season. Uh, I don't know. See, there were some things that I didn't like early on about what Kenny was doing before he got hurt. And while that's not fair because he would deserve a chance to adjust on his own, even if his coordinator couldn't, What he'd already done early in response to the Ravens bringing the pass rush that they usually bring was to mostly just tuck and run, and that wasn't going to hold up. At some point, he was going to have to do some of the good things, to be fair, that Trubisky did. Uh, Trubisky stood in there. He occasionally stepped forward in the pocket, which is something we haven't seen from the Steelers at that position in a while. And he made some tough completions. Now, Mitch's whole day gets thrown into the trash for the three picks. I'm sorry. There's no, oh, but he did this that gets you out of throwing three picks, two of them in the red zone. But to where Kenny was headed, he was going to need to do that at some point. He wasn't just going to be able to stick it under his arm and run every time any little thing went wrong up front. 
So if he had done that, I, I would have been like, hey, that was a really impressive move by him and whatever else. I, I, but we never had a chance to see it. So there's really no point focusing on that. So I'm not going to come up with a good answer for you here. You can take me passing along the subway thing as the answer on that front. But, but when you ask it in the general sense, which you did, do I think Kenny's going to be that guy who's that difference maker, that winner who goes out there and gets things done? Yes. And I would have loved to have seen that occur against this opponent in this stadium, in this setting where these players, as I mentioned in the opening segment, were already really amped up. The fact that he didn't get that opportunity to me is one of the bigger, if not the biggest losses out of this whole scenario. Also, and, you know, not to be that guy, but I've covered a lot of professional athletes who've had concussions and they add up, meaning in the verifiable medical sense. If you have one concussion and then you have another, both count and both go against your record and you thus become more prone to more serious symptoms of concussions. Now, at the risk of really boring you here with detail, if you go back to Kenny's first concussion this season, the Steelers ended up kind of retroactively downplaying it by saying, well, he was in the concussion protocol. They never announced that he was actually diagnosed with a concussion. Now, that might sound like semantics. It might be semantics, but it worries me a little bit because in this case, the same thing happened where they said he's in the concussion protocol. That was the terminology. Last time, you might recall, Kenny just magically popped up on South Water Street the next day facing reporters, big smile on his face. I'm 100%. I'm ready to go. And for all we know, that'll happen today as well. All I'm saying is even the most brilliant minds in this specific field don't have all the answers to everything. The fact that Kenny's gotten clocked a couple of times, which nobody can dispute, that's, yeah, that's all I'm saying here. It's already been rough enough, right? Let's do this again tomorrow. 